0: In the realm of true crime, every crime scene tells a story. Every story has its truths. These are the stories from inside the crime scene tape that separates fact from fiction.
1: So many times that I've walked in uh, in a courtroom in an evidentiary hearing, I generally hear the, the, the saying from the Assistant Attorney General, uh oh, here he comes, Perry Mason.
0: A convicted rapist who hammered a knife into his victim's skull brags that he is the Texas Prison System's version of the fictional defense attorney Perry Mason. Hello, I'm investigative reporter Robert Riggs here with another true crime story that is stranger than fiction. In this episode of True Crime Reporter, I have dusted off my reporter's notebook for a series of stories I broke back in 1994 called Convict's Court. Texas prison inmates literally clogged up the federal court system by filing 4,400 frivolous lawsuits in 1993 alone. How frivolous, you ask? A convicted felon sued because of air bubbles in his peanut butter. Another prisoner claimed he suffered mental anguish caused by a burned-out light bulb. An inmate sued because he could not wear socks in the shower. Another wanted $45,000 in damages because guards confiscated his pornographic magazines, which had been smuggled in as contraband. A prisoner even alleged that he suffered from malnourishment because his desserts crumbled in the dining hall. A federal judge dismissed that case, noting that the inmate had gained 22 pounds since he arrived in prison. It drove then Texas Attorney General Dan Morales crazy. They essentially are, are, I think, using every available technical opportunity that they have to gum up the works. And I think that crime victims
1: and law enforcement officials who see these formal complaints about cold food and and toilet paper not soft enough and and, and such, I certainly can understand how they would feel uh, that this is indeed a mockery, making a mockery
0: of our criminal justice system. Inmate Troy Wigley, the self-described Perry Mason of the Texas prison system, sued for nearly $2 million because he could not change the TV channels, had to use plastic utensils in the dining hall, complained that his Thanksgiving turkey dinner was served cold, and he wanted weightlifting equipment plus a pool table in the prison. A federal judge dismissed Wigley's lawsuit, but it cost Texas taxpayers $1,700 to defend it.
1: The many times that I've walked in uh... In a courtroom in an evidentiary hearing i generally hear the the, the, the saying from the assistant attorney general oh, here he comes perry mason perry mason always wins do you always win no i i haven't won yet but uh i've gained lots of knowledge i've gained a lot of experience and a lot of respect from the court
0: i interviewed Wigley in a maximum security prison's administrative segregation unit he was held in solitary confinement because of his violent behavior. Guards dutifully delivered law books to his cell every day to comply with U.S. Supreme Court rulings.
1: That You as a taxpayer, it's driving you crazy that I'm being allowed to receive law books and things of that sort.
0: Wiggly was serving a life sentence for raping a woman and then hammering a knife into her skull. He spotted a family member leaving a key under the front doormat. Wiggly used the key to get inside, hid in the attic, and when the suburban housewife came home, Wiggly plunged through the sheetrock ceiling for his blitz attack. His victim barely survived, and it took 600 stitches to close her knife wounds. Wiggly felt no guilt because the victim received $25,000 from the state Victims' Compensation Fund to pay her medical bills. They,
1: too, awarded some money just for being a victim. You think that would take care of everything, the pain and the suffering? I think it would even out the score, and I think it, it would place some burden on the state. And I think that... Uh, it, and now, how about your victim? Would it even the score on your victim? Well, I think it would have uh, uh, compensated the victim in, the, in, in my case.
0: As I said at the beginning of this episode, our true crime stories are stranger than fiction. We'll be back in a moment after this message from our sponsor. I'll be back after this break. Hello, this is Robert, and I want to ask a small favor. Will you please tell your friends who love true crime to follow the True Crime Reporter podcast? As you know, it's one of the few podcasts where you can hear raw, unfiltered accounts from law enforcement experts, victims, and even convicted criminals. And please sign up for my free newsletter. The form is on every page of my website. Finally, I am so thankful to my Apple listeners who have given the podcast five-star reviews. Your reviews on all of the channels are extremely helpful in spreading the word about this podcast.
1: Now, back to our episode. My quest to find the
0: most frivolous of all inmate lawsuits took me inside the Maximum Security Hughes Prison, to talk to inmate Dan Thomas. Thomas had filed 133 lawsuits, one because his Rice Krispies cereal did not go snap, crackle, pop. I kid you not. Thomas had to duck to get his massive, muscular body through the door to the visitation room where I waited to interview him. He was originally sentenced to four years for drug possession, but 39 more years had been tacked onto his sentence for assaulting guards. Face to face, I put the question to Thomas about his frivolous snap crackle pop lawsuit, expecting him to grab me by the throat. But Thomas just smiled with a twinkle in his eye and answered. I did read in the food service manual that we were supposed to get a one ounce service, and the
1: boxes they had was less than an ounce.
0: Inmates used expensive prison libraries to sow what prison officials called legal terrorism. Higher court orders dictated the brightness of the light fixtures and required cool air conditioning for the inmates. William Spaulding, a former cellmate of serial killer Kenneth MacDuff, who we have talked about in earlier episodes, temporarily stopped the construction of an addition to his prison unit, all because it was going to be built on his favorite prison softball field. Spaulding also filed a legal complaint that the prison took too long to serve inmates their meals in the dining hall.
1: And I, for one, definitely don't want to be the last man to be fed after
0: three hours. The public doesn't have a lot of sympathy that you can't play softball now, or that
1: you've got to wait in line for food. If you let these inmates sit around and brew, somewhere down the line, you're gonna have a lot of trouble. I know the public doesn't look at that and they don't really even want to hear this, but this is what prison life is all about, because I've been on prisons where we didn't have recreation and everybody was gnawing at one another. And there were
0: a lot of fights generated. Some inmates started suing their victims. Twice convicted killer Fred Ebenall claimed that the woman he murdered with a shotgun was his common law wife. I later discovered he was in fact married to a California woman. But Ebenal sued to get $15,000 from his 59-year-old victim's estate. Since you were convicted of killing her, how could you want or think you deserve the money? Because I broke the law. Does this
1: give them the right to break the law and take a man's life savings away?
0: Ebenal's lawsuit outraged Ken and Shauna Freeman, the victim's son and daughter-in-law.
1: I mean, it's enough that a family should, God forbid, ever have to endure a member of your family being killed in any way, but to be cold-bloodedly killed the way that she was, and then for him to do this, it's just, it's unbelievable.
0: Indeed, the frivolous cases were unbelievable. After interviewing dozens of inmates, I discovered that many of them were filing lawsuits just to get out of their cells for a day to ride in the prison van to federal court. Eventually, federal judges curb the filing of frivolous lawsuits by putting remote TV cameras in the prisons to conduct their hearings. The inmates' brief taste of freedom on their sightseeing trip to the federal courthouse ended. But to this day, as I pour milk over my Rice Krispies, I always listen for the sound of snap, crackle, pop. We want to be your favorite true crime podcast, so please recommend us to your friends and leave a review wherever you listen. If you want to receive updates and bonus interviews, join our true crime community at truecrimereporter.com. If you have suggestions or know of a case that we should look into, email us at fan at truecrimereporter.com. This podcast is a trademarked and copyrighted news organization based in Dallas, Texas. You can read more about our news team at truecrimereporter.com. Thanks for listening to our journey into darkness. Please tell your friends who love true crime that they can bypass secondhand tales and get their true crime fix here with authentic stories straight from the source. Tell them that True Crime Reporter is one of the few podcasts where you can hear raw, unfiltered accounts from law enforcement victims and even convicted criminals. And sign up for my free newsletter on the homepage of truecrimereporter.com. It's your gateway to a world of knowledge and awareness in the realm of true crime and your personal safety. Thanks for listening, and until we meet again, be prepared, don't get scared. This is Robert Riggs reporting.